With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Look at the sports bar Daniels on this uh, Wednesday. We talk basketball this time with uh, Keith Smith, who covers uh, the NBA. Please find his work on Twitter X at uh, Keith Smith NBA. Good morning, Keith. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Let me start first. Last night, uh, the shorthanded magic. Uh, you know, some nights you might be able to pull it off, like they did at Denver and even against Atlanta, but they fell down early last night. And at some point, when you lack the uh, the bodies, it catches up. And I think that was the case last night against Minnesota. Yeah, I think so. And I think Minnesota's they're in a different class defensively than those other teams. So they really hit it hard on Paulo Bancaro when him and Jalen Suggs are pretty much the guys who are going to create all the offense. And if defense can focus in and lock in on those two guys, they're going to struggle. And the lack of bodies up front hurt Orlando too. Rudy Gobert had kind of a field day inside. So it's just, you know, they're going through it right now with injuries and they're going to have to get guys back on the floor before we start seeing them probably play back to the level that they were to begin the season. All right, I'm going to play something for you. You've probably watched this. For those that did not uh, see last night, the Lakers beat the Toronto Raptors 132-131. to 131. And um, the question about free throw disparity in the fourth quarter, Darko uh, Rodjakovic, the head coach of the Raptors, um, had this exchange and rant after the game for the audience that hadn't heard. Listen. Thank you, Doug. Thank you, Doug. That's 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 outrageous. What happened tonight? This is completely BS. This is shame. Shame for the referees. Shame for the league to allow this. Twenty-three free throws for them, and we get two free throws in in a fourth quarter. Like how to play the game. I all, I understand uh, respect for all stars and all of that, but we have star players on our team as well. How's possible, is Scotty Barnes? who is all-star caliber player in this league, he goes every single time to the rim with force and trying to get, get uh, to, the, to the rim without flopping and, and not trying to get foul calls. He gets two uh, free throws for the whole game. How is that possible? How are you going to explain that, that, that to me? They have- Keith, <laughs> your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, he's not wrong. It was pretty rough. Now, you can go to that 23-2 to disparity, and you can say, well, the Raptors were fouling at the end of the game. And that is true. The Lakers got eight free throws when the Raptors were intentionally fouling. But that still is 15-2 to if if my math doesn't fail me there. And that's, that, that's rough. And there were plays where Raptors players – felt like they went to the basket and didn't get a call. There's also going to be questions. This is now about three or four times that the Raptors have had issues in games where Ben Taylor officiated, including twice in the last couple of years in Los Angeles. 
So there's going to be some stuff that comes out with this where I don't know that the Raptors are just going to take their fine and say, hey, coach has his bat, has his guy's backs, which is great. And that is a, you know, nice outcome of this ultimately for them. But I think there's going to be more to come with this where I think the Raptors are going to file uh, some stuff with the league away to say, hey, we can't have this official, you know, game. Our games are going to go this way. How often does that happen? I mean, now the data, Keith, that's out there about who's officiating this game, uh, you know, what their average foul call is, record versus teams. I mean, the data now is accessible. So what does the league do? And, and you know, there's a two-minute report that comes out. That's not going to solve anything because the score is the score. But uh, what likely comes of this? Yeah, the last two-minute report is it, it's a joke. I mean, I spent yesterday waiting for it to come out from the Celtics-Timberwolves game, and then I it self-admitted. I don't know why I care. It's not going to change anything. It doesn't really matter. So, you know, they say it's for transparency purposes, but nobody believes it anyway, so it doesn't really matter. So I think the challenge with the league right now is, as you said, the data is more available than it's ever been. Teams have it. Uh, You know, the public has it. You can look this stuff up all sorts of places to understand what is the team's record with a certain referee and what does it look like when they're home versus road. And, and there are certainly stats that favor some teams get more calls than other teams do. And that, that's something where, you know, those teams will say, well, we drive more, we go to the basket. But again, we've gotten a lot more uh, advanced with the numbers we can pull. And people are saying, man, you don't drive more, you drive less than other teams do, but you get calls more when you do it than some other teams. And that becomes a challenge with that as well. So those those are all things that are going to come. And then last but not least with this is with the prevalence of gambling and with the league linking up with various gambling companies, this is going to only become a bigger and bigger issue where people are going to continue to push for this in transparency. And at some point, the league is going to have to look at it and say, all right, do we have an officiating problem and how do we solve for it? I'm a bit biased here, but the Knicks remain undefeated since the OG trade. They blew out Philadelphia last week with an impressive win, beat a struggling Blazers team last night, but he seems to be fitting, and I think he's plus 111 since the Knicks got him. Yeah, he's been phenomenal for them, and he gave them everything that they could have wanted in place of R.J. Barrett. He he is a better defender. He's a better spot-up shooter. Uh, He doesn't have the same kind of on-ball creation ability that R.J. Barrett does, but they don't need that. They have Jalen Brunson. They have uh, Julius Randle. They have guys who can do that already. And what he also gives them, which Barrett didn't give them, was when Randle goes to to the bench, which is only for a handful of minutes each half, OG and Anobi can play at the four. They, they don't have to completely downsize to a ridiculous level at that position because Anobi can slide up the spot and kind of fill those backup minutes for him. And then Miles McBride has come in and played really well uh, in kind of taking the Emmanuel Quickly role. I don't think he's anywhere near as good as Emmanuel Quickly, but I think what the Knicks have done is they've kind of replaced Quickly in the aggregate by saying, all right, Quinn Grimes, we need a little bit more from you. McBride, we need a little bit more from you. Josh Hart, we need a little bit more from you. And it's worked out really, really well for them. Well, now John Morant uh, suffers the injury and done for uh, the year, um, which is bad news. Uh, what happens out of Memphis? I mean, they're likely going to flounder here. I, I'm not quite sure of their pivot ability and what the roster's value is, but what, what happened to the Grizzlies now? Yeah, I think you see them just kind of play out the string here a little bit. I think if 
any of their key guys, being Jaron Jackson Jr., Desmond Bain, Marcus Smart, if they're feeling anything, it's going to be, hey, you sit out. We saw that last night with Jaron Jackson Jr. I think if we were still in a spot where it's, hey, we got to win every single game to make a push for the postseason and to try to get into the playing tournament, I think Jackson might have played. But where it is, I think the Grizzlies are now owning. All right, hey, we're going to take it. We're going to take our lumps this year. We're going to be a down season. They've already won too many games to catch up to the likes of the Pistons and the Spurs and all that. But what you want to do is you know, sit, you know, at, at just outside of those truly terrible teams and hope the lottery front, you know, smiles upon you and uh, pushes you up a little bit in, in the draft because I think that's your hope here is get get one more draft pick added to this group and then next year you're starting over with Moran. Bain, Jackson, a whole bunch of good role players and now a good high draft pick, and you're going to be ready to go. So I think that's what Memphis is going to be looking at the rest of this year. I said that I think as people saw the contract of Eric Spolstra, that, and this is just my opinion, um, I, I think Eric Spolstra coaches three to four more years, and like Michael Corleone took over for his dad, I think he'll run the heat for Pat Roddy. Not that Pat's leaving us, but, but um, I think that's what the contract's about. Yeah, it could be. I think anytime we see these really long-term contracts, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if there is some level of, hey, eventually at the end, if you want, we'll bump you into the front office. If that's you know, where where you, you see yourself going, where you want to be. The good example of that, another young coach, similar age to Fulcher, Brad Stevens did that. He did eight years as a coach of the Celtics, and then they basically said, hey, uh, you know, Danny Ainge is moving on, and let's let's talked about you taking his spot in the front office and Stevens talked about it with his kids saying that yeah I'm in a spot where I I would like to be around more I would like to not have to be traveling to Minnesota and Milwaukee in the middle of the week and missing their games and their stuff that they're doing so I I wouldn't be surprised if that's where this goes with Eric Spolster at some point. But for now, you know, for my opinion, he's the best coach in the game, and now he's being rewarded like it with a contract that, you know, pays him as such. Uh, Minnesota beats uh, the Magic here. They'll go and take on uh, the Celtics uh, tonight in probably the game of the NBA tonight. Yeah, I think so. They they had a great game earlier this season, and Minnesota beat Boston, and that was one of the moments where it was like, all right, maybe these Wolves are for real, and the way they defend, that they are. You get Anthony Edwards, Car Anthony Towns, two really good offensive weapons. Where they get into trouble is when Towns and Edwards are having the nights where it's, Hey, I'll take a contested 15-footer with a hand in my face. Like those, they they just they, those who like those shots a little bit too much, and they don't always get great bench production. Nas Reed is always really good, but their their scoring off the bench is pretty limited outside of him, especially with the creation ability with the ball in their hands. So that's a bit of a challenge. But yeah, that should be a fun one with Boston tonight. The Celtics should be relatively healthy. They're probably going to sit a guy or two because they're headed to Milwaukee. It's been a weird, uh, you know week for the Celtics. They were in Indiana, fly home to play Minnesota, and now fly back to play Milwaukee um, on the back-to-back when Milwaukee and Minnesota is about two of the closest we have in the league, but it's you know the schedule is what it is, and the Celtics are just going to keep doing what they're doing. Please uh, check out his work. Uh, follow him at X or Twitter, Keith Smith NBA, the great work he does at Spot Rack, front office uh, show as well, and uh, we always enjoy our basketball chats. Thank you, Keith. Appreciate it. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Basketball, the college level tonight. UCF plays their first ever home game of the Big 12. And of all teams, here comes the Kansas Jayhawks, ranked number three tonight. We'll talk to the voice of the Jayhawks, Brian Haney, next. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.